So delighted to have Karen McEwen join us on this week's podcast. So Karen would be well known to many as a, a great runner, a great coach, um, and as he calls himself, the cranky coach and winner of many uh, category prizes as well. Um, I think you called yourself the uh, is it the old man prize, Karen? Is it? That's right, yeah. See, once you, once you go over 45, Brian, it's now the old man's prize. The old man's you know? prize. Well, I'm in that category as well, so so there's two of us. Just as actually Bush you were starting with stuff before. But years ago, it was always known as Vets, but now we're Masters. Vets. Vets is a new one on me, no, I actually hadn't heard of that before, so uh, I'll add that to the list. <laughs> Just like, yeah, but like for, for years, I think I think maybe it was when, um, when the early show was BLE, it was always Vets. You were a Vet, you know, once you went over... Slightly different. You're over forty. You were known as a vet then, and I think it was still thirty-five for women. Right. We're now there's over thirty-five for men as well. That was never there before, you know. Yeah, it's just hard to keep a track of it. I know at this stage, to be honest. About it. Yeah, listen. Thanks a million for joining us. And look again, as I said, another well-known character uh, on the podcast as well. And you know, as I said, both from a running perspective and a coaching perspective, you are, uh, you know, well-known to many. Um, and I'm going to kick off with that actually. So I did get a few questions into us, and one of them was. Uh, where did the cranky coach come from? That's because I, I can be cranky sometimes. No, but um, in our, in our, I suppose when I've had different kind of groups over the years, training and running wise. So this latest version, in the last um, four or five years, is I think the name would have came from when if we were doing a session and I would have changed the session. You know, so if the girls were doing say. They had in their program six by three minutes, I might change it, depending on what way the form is and things, you know. Mm-hmm. Or sometimes people might need to kick up the ass or the ops where they're tired, you know. <laughs> so we changed the session and they used to get very bad over it, you know. So they used to get a bit cranky with them, so that's where that came from. But there's also the side that they have the, uh, kind of, at the end of a race, if you ever look at the race pictures, you'll see how cranky your face looks and stuff, especially mine, so I've had some horrendous pictures in the last hundred metres of races, so... That's where the name came, you know. Right. So it's more like a joke name is where you came to just stick in and stuff, you know. So very good, very good. I think it was. It just, it just, it suits, it suits well, you know. Yeah, I laugh at your comment there about the finishing pictures because I remember many years ago there, uh, Tim Toomey would have Tim Toomey out of Leva would have run our race quite regularly outside here and won it many a times as well. And uh, I remember Tim and Fairness came out and. It was great at the time our club was only after starting off and Tim came out and volunteered to do one or two coaching sessions with us and um, I remember him telling us one day that the better you get the worse your finishing picture looks you know so that's I, true I kind it's of agree yeah. Like, you know. yeah that's a good one yeah, but yeah. if actually if you, if you know by a good race because there's so many people taking pictures now you know yeah um, you'll know by you'll know exactly the last couple of hundred metres in the race Um how bad your picture looks so that's actually a good point the things you know yeah yeah get the pictures in early so is what you're saying yeah definitely yeah listen as you're talking about races i suppose just we'll have a quick recap there on the one from last saturday i know you raced it yourself i raced it myself as well uh the john buckley 10 so um yeah there was a huge crowd there obviously there was i think over 1500 entered there was probably nearly 1100 finishers on the day um but how did you find the race yourself I think it was fantastic, like, fantastic to have such an event just like so close to home. For me, it's only just five minutes down the road, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and we hadn't had an event of that size for a while and things, you know. Um, the Moon Market, it's all, it was all brilliant and things, you know. Um, 
I think for the race itself, the only downside was it definitely was a little bit over the distance wise, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, which is which people I found like that was the only negative. It's just like time wise and stuff, you know. Yeah. Um, the course is good. You like for anyone running it will know that I wouldn't be too worried about your time. It's not. It wasn't a night for fast times. If you look at everyone outside of it being maybe thirty or forty seconds long, the with the conditions. From everyone, like you're probably a minute down if you look through the results, you know, because mm-hmm. I'd follow a lot of runners, yeah. even on Strava. You will see, like, you know, and I'd be even myself, I'd be fairly consistent time wise that everyone was nearly a minute down, you know. Yeah, the wind was like the wind was tough, the wind was right tough. Exactly, um, yeah. I think a lot of people, I saw a lot of people kind of what we call blow up very, very early because mm-hmm. I think this, you know, I said, bring the second, no, the second to third mile. When we went down the back of the man and road, the wind was fairly tough there, you know. It was, it was in your face there, that's right, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I think early on, like, it did take a lot of people there, like, people did suffer a lot more, you know. Yeah. And um, now the, the crowd was, like, the crowd was excellent because once you came back around again, the crowd was there. Jeez, it, it was the best crowd I've seen in a race for, for a long time, you it was know. great buzz, that spot, yeah, you're right. It was a great buzz coming back around again, yeah. Not, I think maybe mm-hmm. the Marine Market, maybe because there's always a lot of people there, but he not really made it, you know. It was. Um, the next part of the course then was good. There was a lot of people up in the course. There was a lot of good running on it. And always, when you go down around by the river um, and the walkway, from miles seven to eight, like you're going to lose 30 or 40 seconds there. Again, mm-hmm. the wind was fairly substantial then, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, if you know, even if you look at your one time, you'll see that we all kind of dropped 30 or 40 seconds in that mile. Yeah, it's amazing, to be honest with you, what you're saying, because, like, exactly what you've just said is exactly what I would have said myself, you know. Um, and no sooner was I over the finish line, I was probably 40 seconds to a minute down on what I expected to be as well. Um, so, again, and I, when we haven't, you know, you're saying this straight out, and I passed, I came over the finish line, I was talking to Ken Nason, from Leeville there, uh, Ken was there watching it, and he was saying to me, everybody's saying the same thing. And that was seconds after I finished, you know. Um, so, yeah, it seemed to be a very common trait throughout everybody who ran, and I know, again, my mile 7 to 8 was way out as well. So, yeah, everything you're saying is kind of hit, hitting the note. I it's think. The, wind, it's the, yeah. the, wind, the wind is tough, the wind is tough, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but a great race still, though, like, yeah. What was just, like, to, 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 to actually, I think, like, I tried to tell even the guys I coaching, you, like, I think sometimes we get obsessed with time, you know. Mm-hmm. It was a good, good, hard race, you know. And just look at the people around you. It's a race that you race, you know. Mm-hmm. It's also what a lot of people don't realize. Like, it's also the Cork County 10 mile road race championships, you know. Right. So it's a championship race. Times, as you know, from if you're watching the European Championships, at times, times make no difference, you know. Mm-hmm. So I always try to gauge off people that I would be around our racing and things, you know. Yeah. Um I don't get obsessed too much about time, you know. Yeah. It's who you're you know, it's who you're racing against. You you know from any race, everyone has a group of runners that they're with are sometimes you'll beat them, sometimes you won't, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, no look, it's but, spared than any training anyway to be surrounded by that kind of quality, oh, like yeah. Yeah, without a doubt. Like there's a fantastic feel there, like it was a fantastic it was a fantastic event, you know. Mm-hmm. Um excellent like the, down the marina, the road surface is good. There's, you know, the pathway, it's good. Like the, the new walk, the new walkway that extended back in the park, the key was excellent, you know. Yeah. So all in all, it was a brilliant event, you know. So well done to St. Finn Bears and pop-up races because there's a lot of work has to go into these races. As you know yourself, Brian. Yeah, I do indeed. Yeah, yeah. No, it was great. I look, it seems to be a series that was well supported. And obviously, Leva were the winners in the end and they travelled 
uh, fair bit around the country at you know sometimes late in Saturday evening there so it wasn't yeah. easy to stick with it but they did and they were, they eventually were rewarded I suppose 7,000 euro into the coffers was a nice boost yeah, for the club yeah fantastic that's it exactly and Lizzie and, and Lizzie was the first woman then over on this Lizzie Lee was the first woman in that's right Ray Cockburn was the first woman in the series and things you know so yeah. it was a fantastic achievement as well you know absolutely yeah absolutely um, yeah, so look, that was look back on last Saturday, but obviously just from yourself, and again, as I said earlier, you're well known, but maybe people don't know your full background. So, do you want to take us through how you got into running? Maybe I know you have many other sports as well under your uh, yeah, on your no, CV, on your CV <laughs> as well. So, uh, yeah, do you want to just give us a background to your your starting off and running and your your career to date? I suppose. So I'm actually like I'm going on 48 now, so there's a, there's a big long career there, and as, <laughs> as the lads usually switch off and they start talking about racing. In the past, they say when I was racing during the war, you know. <laughs> so <laughs> I started as a runner when I was, it was son of I was 12, so roughly the same age. I started as a runner in first year in Deer Park. Mm-hmm. Um, never wanted to be a runner, never the interest to be a runner. Loved soccer, wasn't very good at soccer. Was was fairly okay hurling in Gaelic with the Bears. I played with the Bears. My dad would have been would have won county medals with the Bears, would have held Christy Ring scoreless in the county final, would have played with a lot of Cockroach, John McCarthy, Conroach and him. So mm-hmm. it was hurling. Hurling was kind of right group up around, you know. The number one sport well, in the family, was it, yeah? Yeah, oh yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. it was. Yeah. And Gaelic, you know, that would mm-hmm. be kind of the main thing, you know. Yeah. Um, when I went to school in Deer Park then in first year, um, I started just, it was actually Brother Seavers, um, that's funny, like how, like any Christian brothers, you know, presentation brothers had a huge effect on running in them times, you know. Mm-hmm. So but receivers had set up kind of a for cross country. So I was in first January and like what kind of drew me to it was that there was um there was kind of a half day going to a race, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So get off school. I yeah, get off school. Yeah. So I actually went out to the cross country. Now I started doing a little bit of sprinting, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, like it was fairly fast at sprinting wise so like I never made a city sports sprinting I was telling people that like never made a city sports primary sprinting so there was a cross country he had a cross country race on in the school and it was like everyone from that time was junior cycle like, so it was first, second, third year would have been together you know mm-hmm. so I was only the first year but I remember like the race might have been two miles up I remember like I won the race by huge amount, you know, I think they were all looking, this fellow's only in the first year, you know, right. so the first race they ran, they won. From there then they kind of took off those cross-country leagues um, in school and again, you get a half day to go, you know. <laughs> so I can remember in first year I actually won the three races and where the races run is actually across from Douglas Community School where Nemo would be, you know, they were all oh, ages yeah. before, you know. Yeah, um, big area, so, is it? Yeah, yeah. yeah mm. that, it, what, before it was Nemo, it was kind yeah. of the school must have pitches there, but it was kind of rough land. Some of it, you know. Mm-hmm. So I remember winning the cross country series. Then from there, then I was I joined Poker SC. But I joined it's funny up even though I had done the cross country. I joined as a sprinter, so I was in the sprint group, right. and I went to Elite Sports, which was like the county championships at the time. It was a big race, you know. Um. Was in the seat. I think it was in the Merlin, and I got to find it 100 meters. I was fourth or fifth, but I was a bit disappointed. So anyway, you didn't have to enter the race, but it was a 1500 meter race, and 
and I said to of course at the time I'm going to walk the 1500 meter race just went over mm-hmm. and that time Darren Keegan was the under 13 national champion very good athlete right. from the Boston College and scholarship after and um, we had many good battles over here so I ran the 1500 meter race and he was national champion I'd never ran the track race before that distance so I was just neck and neck and we beat people's neck and neck and then it kind of took off from there mm-hmm. um, John School I kind of had I won a lot of sub-monsters titles I think I won every year junior intermediate senior I won every year in either 1500 meter title um, 3k title and had kind of progressed into winning a lot of races you know mm-hmm. now to be honest like what should we throw in if I'm honest was more winning than at the ledge you know I just like the buzz of winning yeah um, at there, but there was obviously talent there like if, if you were doing as well as that there must have been some talent there without a doubt oh, like yeah. mm-hmm. when we had training like, like training would be like by the time we came to 15 16 I kept getting broken fingers and things and so hurling kind of the football went definitely when I was in fifth year in school there was no more hurling football you know mm-hmm. running was more serious then so training with Talker with John Hayes who's another very famous coach um, would have been a big part of Robbie Heffernan's prayer to start as well yeah. um, had one in the school and had kind of done very well nationally wise as well and at 17 then Dooley approached me to go to the Northman School mm-hmm. and because they had he had a kind of a scholarship program where you, he'd take two or three runners from around the country every year and then you'd go to American scholarship you know so yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm there for the year for, for, for the Dooley I'm very aware you know. of that setup because obviously I'm in one by myself uh, but I was more on the hurling and football side in those years but cross country was always and, and running in the Mon was always obviously you know one of the Look, they were they were good at basketball as well and things like that. But basketball, like, yeah. running was certainly uh, to the fore there as well. And brother Dooley in particular, yeah, was a great person to have, I suppose, in the school. So it's it's, it's amazing how his name keeps popping up. Actually, well, he was like brother Dooley was, as I always said, in the man I ran eight races and I won six. You know, so that's one thing I always think because he just knew how to, you know, how to get the best out of someone. He treated you as an adult. You know, training-wise, every-wise, you know, you actually would write out your training log with him. Now, he didn't directly coach us all, but he still would have went through our training with us um, in school. Like, like again, I, I had worked out a long time ago that <laughs> winning stuff in school, I, I got away more than school because I just worked out that when you're, same for the party, like, when you're good at something, you got away more than school, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Well, we did like we had we had like we'd won the seventh cross country national cross country title at that stage. Like we'd followed on from Ken Nason, who was a fantastic athlete there, Mark Carroll. Mm-hmm. Um, David Healy would have been on my team. Um, he would have went to Providence. Stephen Code. Like there was a lot of very talented runners because he brought like some four forms would be brothers in, you know. Yes. So it was a great grounding. From there, then I went to college in America. Hated every minute of it, never settled. You know, right. I was very young at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, it's hard yeah. to believe no one, no, nowadays like that. No, with Skype, social media, there was nothing like that, you know. So of course, yeah. But, but I've heard settled. that, yeah. I've heard that from more than one person now as well, you know, that, you know, as you said, people got scholarships and it just didn't work out because they didn't settle. Not more, you know, it's, it's a shame really because I suppose it is the next step, isn't it? 
It is, but I think that we've now shown that we have, like, we have as good, I think, now obviously we lack in facilities at time or, you know, like DCU, UCC, even, like, even if you look at the contract club, no, like, Eno Sullivan would have set that up outside and, you know, he's a lecturer out in the MIT, no, sorry, the MIT, no, you know, yeah. like, you can see that there is good options, no, for, if you get, like, Probably it depends. Like I wasn't really interested in education then, you know. Mm-hmm. But I think there's some very good options. You know, there's very good options in Loughborough in the UK as well. You know, so there's lots more options for people know who have good talent to go to places. You know. Yeah, yeah. I do um, think, like, I, funny enough, I was having a chat last night with uh, one of the coaches from our juvenile club here ourselves, and we were talking about this very subject about, you know, how can you develop kids more and things like that. And I, I certainly think schools somewhere. You know, you look at rugby in prison and CBC with what they've done you go up to Limerick and you see Limerick winning all Ireland hurling finals now but it all comes off Art Scullerish and, and, and work that they did at school level there in hearty competition so you would think if the same model could be followed in running maybe there's a platform there to build you know more nationally and, and help athletes and, and they don't have to go away as you said you know oh, massively because mm-hmm. if you think of it like just one man like it kind of as soon as Bradouli re- retired from the North Man, didn't win a national cross country since. So like yeah. he had won, oh, I think it's eight in a row. Sorry, eight cross country national titles, and then Saint Munchens and Belfast won about seven or eight in a row. How one man can make a massive, you know, impact mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. on a school running wise, you know? Yeah. And again, like running is a fairly cheap sport. Uh, Fund, you know, yeah, yeah. Um, so it's one thing I think the school structure is where you, where you get the kids, like where you get the time the kids, you know, like mm-hmm. to I'll be honest about like to probably the most naturally gifted athletes that I've come across just in my own group as coaching over the years. Like, one would be Cheryl Bryan, who you know won a lot of she won a lot of county cross country titles, did very well over the road racing, you know, mm-hmm. um, but she never ran the school. Yeah. She never had the opportunity to run. Like she took up running um, in her 30s, you know, where if she had a chance to run the school, it's amazing what people would have achieved, you know. Mm-hmm. Another one would be like Linda O'Sullivan, who's 50. I always call, we always tell her she's 60, but she's <laughs> in her early 50s now, you know, yeah. where she's natural talent that, you know, if she had that in school, you know, she was a good soccer player and a good cyclist. But you always wonder what these athletes would have been like if they ran in school, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it does. It does. Yeah, sure. Like Linda's after having an incredible year. In fairness, um, yeah. So yeah, yeah, she's definitely one that. Yeah, you'd you'd wonder how far they could have taken it. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Or even like someone like like if you if you look at Vivian Forty, like who I was having a conversation with Donald Coakley running the farm a couple of weeks ago. Like Vivian Forty for his age has to be the top athletes in the world for his age. There was, I said there's no one running times that he's running in his fifties, you know, mm-hmm. and. Like, would you imagine if he, I know, like, I think as far as I know, he would have played tennis and stuff, but would you imagine if he was running when he was in school, you know, what he would have yeah. achieved or what, what like, he, he had natural ability, you know? Mm-hmm. I suppose, look, unfortunately, it's probably, you know, we, we spoke about GA soccer, you know, and other sports there, it's down the pecking order, and it goes back to facilities as well, and it goes further down the pecking order again, in terms of facilities, boys, you know? So. Oh, you drink. No, the only thing I'd say about running is that, you know, not to put anyone off, but even with my own kids, like, I think, like, it's, it's, running is great, but running is still, 
you have to be kind of a little bit selfish, but it's still it's still yourself. You know, no, we have teams across country and different things, but it's still very much an on your own sport. You know, yeah, yeah. And um, like compared to say playing with a soccer team or playing with a hurling and football team, you know. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, like, yeah. it's definitely something that could be developed more. That there's more team based races or there's more, um, like they would have in massively in America. It would be all. Meet, you know, where different schools would have raised against different schools, you know. Yeah, absolutely. Kind of sidetracked you there. We're trying to solve all the problems in the world in running there now. But, uh, I know, I know. Yeah, that's true. Take us through <laughs> to the more modern Karen McKeown so over the last few years and, and things like so, that. So, like, yeah, so yeah. Was, like, that's, that's the war finished then and stuff, you know. <laughs> so, I would have ran, like, at my best, I would have ran 152 for 800, 350, one for 1500 meters, around 8, 15, 3K, and, and I think it was 5K, but I never really raced. I think I never raced over four miles. I think once or twice five miles, up to kind of when I was twenty seven, twenty eight. You know, mm-hmm. um, I would have ran five k in fourteen twenty two. I think. Okay. Remember, you know, as I as I keep telling Donald Cotton, that that was rogue vapor flies okay. or dragonflies or alpha flies. Yeah, so yeah, that's yeah. when you. That's when you wore runners where you couldn't walk for three or four days after because you were crippled. As, as Pat Walsh called them last week, rubber dollies. Rubber dollies, yeah, yeah true, yeah. that's what, you know. Yeah. And even the generation before us had, like, if you see the runners that Donny Walsh would have ran in years ago, you'd be saying, you just like it's... Yeah, you might have ran in your bare feet. Yeah. yeah. So kind of my, my credit level kind of dropped off in my 20s because of socialising, injuries, constantly injured, you know. And I never was a high mileage runner, but I had kind of a long stern and problem with calves, my calves, but I actually worked out in the end, just my back, my back, you know. Mm-hmm. But we didn't have, what well, we have now, we didn't have recovery suites, we didn't have boots, we didn't have the runners, we didn't have the knowledge. I still think we, we missed a lot of knowledge about recovery, you know. Yeah. And um, I kind of got back to, I kind of had two hemorrhage discs in my back then that caused me lots and lots of problems, you know. Um, in my early 30s, I kind of got back to a good level in my 30s for a while, then trained to be a personal trainer, as a coach, to train the conditioning coach. They kind of changed careers at about 28 from working as an engineer. Mm-hmm. Um, I was a kind of union rep at one stage as well. Right. So moved into the kind of fitness injury coaching business kind of then, you know, mm-hmm. and more the personal training side of things. And... Kind of, but I was only taken there when, when I was forty. Um, I decided to kind of give running. I think a lot of us come back over kind of bets masters. Then you know. Yeah. So when I was forty, we're running the John Buckley ten mile, and I set myself a goal of sixty minutes. But I spoke sixty one twenty. Mm-hmm. Um, like I think maybe two, maybe two and a half. Everybody know you know. <laughs> but I struggled, and then from then from there, I kind of it just. I raced myself fit and it took six or seven months and then I kind of stepped back into running again. You know, I got a kind of good spell of not being injured, a lot of plays, a lot of strength and conditioning. I did a lot of walking, got a lot of help. Um, even though it's my industry walking, mm-hmm. um, off Robbie Williams and fitness walks was always, like he did, change my mindset of training a bit about like that strength and conditioning was a huge part. I didn't run for six or seven months just fully strengthened up, you know. Okay. Um, so he helped me a lot. Did a lot of work with the Carrigaline physio at the time and the Blackpool physio. So they would have been very good. 
the back baller, as I would say, people was a huge, huge, huge um, part of my recovery. So yeah. not that I'm a good friend in Noel Marsh, not plugging anything, but it was a thing I use to this day every day. Yeah, no, I've, I've, I've remember talking. Yeah, I've spoken in the past about that actually as well, and I do remember you, you were always one for a advocate for that type of stuff. In fairness, you know. Oh, massive, massive, massive! Mm-hmm. Like so, recovery is huge. So then, kind of, we were running Wargrass Hill, and in fact, he's won a couple of national five miles and five k titles over forty. Um, got down to good level, started running longer distance as well, like ten miles, which I never raced when I was. Oh, we only, I never get a PB in again, you know, so mm-hmm. um, he was 54 minutes, 54, 15, I think, in one of the 10 miles in Dungarp and had in a few half marathons, um, but still would have ran, like, before COVID, still would have been, I think, I don't know, 15, 30, you know, which isn't bad when you're 46 at that time, you know. Yeah. Um, so kind of got back to a good level, you know, so again, I love racing. I probably love racing more now than when I, when I say when I was a good athlete, but I enjoyed more now. You know? yeah, yeah. Um, your 5k PB of late, or your, in your later years, we'll call it, that's not out in our race by any chance, is it? No, it's not. No, I thought it was, it was actually, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I've always ran, I've always ran, in your race, I've always ran well under 16, you know? Yeah. But I ran the Marina, the Marina, I ran oh. 15, 32, and 15, 35. Right, right, yeah. No, I just remember it's myself just, uh, always being the 15s. Yeah, no, I ran. Yeah, yeah we'd, we'd, we'd have some great times. So I think it was just that, oh, was your race it was kind of a big stepping stone into the summer race, you know, so it's kind of the first big, big 5K, mm-hmm. and you get a good marker then, and then you can kind of, you always get a couple of 5Ks after, you know? Yeah, yeah, I think the John Buckley's um, only the following, is it 10 days later anyway, so yeah, that's a good preparation one, I suppose, yeah. No, it was, it was actually, it was always later, it was actually where I ran faster would have been the Musgraves one, and... Gas Networks one oh, yeah. because they were one loop in a marina. I think mm-hmm. that loop is just faster. <laughs> yeah, I get you. I get you. you know, yeah, so that's what I, I found myself, you know. But again, like I'd be, uh, you know, definitely one of the faster and better courses. It's a great race, you know. Mm-hmm. So, like again, look, everything seems to be moving in the right direction in the late in the latter years there. And as you said, you got you got back into it again. But then the coaching as well, I suppose, came on the scene. And how how did you get into that? And Tell us a bit about that, I suppose. So I'm kind of coaching since I'm about 27, 28. It's different weight ways that I, you know, obviously to start it was a lot of personal training. I was coaching, like I have a big environment of soccer, you know, and I won't work with UEFA, good bit I work with the FBI, good bit. I always had a huge, you know, League of Ireland, League of Ireland for years, referees. So I always was coaching in around that, you know, and I always had a few runners um, so then kind of as the years went by, runners kind of, it just became, it just evolved more that I kind of dealt with just only runners, you know, mm-hmm. so I don't do any other work with people other than runners, you know, yeah. um, a group with this, this present cranky coach group would have started off and um, Kira Brown, who's one of the, I think one of the first members who would have been there really kind of raised the bear and would have, She's a very positive person, very encouraging person. Um, someone, if if you if she actually run across country race, you don't spin on just race it, you know. <laughs> so she brought that kind of energy and encouragement mm-hmm. into the group, you know, because we always have within our group, like we have sixty-five runners. Now it's very positive. There's no negativity. It's always 
you know, just good competition. Yeah. So she would have been kind of one of the people at the start that would have would have attracted a huge amount of people around that. You know, she'd have been the big character there, you know. Yeah, and in fairness, um, like I, I just as you brought it up yourself there, and it was something I was gonna ask you in a minute, but now that you brought it up, like your current group, you know, I've seen you guys at races, um obviously there's a big mix of clubs there, um, there's a mix of abilities, but there seem to be you might call it the cranky coach or the cranky coach group, but I would yeah. call it the happy group because I just seem to get good vibes off your group when I see you guys and, you know, I see you doing warm-ups together and things like that and cool-downs together and there definitely seems to be a good mix of athletes within the group as well. Oh, mass, massively. Like, like, I think some of them are just in for the WhatsApp group because the WhatsApp <laughs> group is like entertainment all day. They're, they're actually, there's a great piss take, there's a great camaraderie. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a chunk of guys then that actually work together and strike or not. Stephen Crowley just injured the moment, but like, Another athlete who has huge, huge potential, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, Dave Buckley, who worked out, actually actually played soccer over England when he was younger, you know. Um, a lot of very, there's actually very a lot of talented people there, Aidan Noon, you know, mm-hmm. as well as another fantastic athlete. In the group, though, it's it's kind of, there's always a good piss take, there's always <laughs> good fun and things, you know. Yeah. Um, we're, we're all, like they're all series runners, everyone's in the group to get better, to improve, to race. You know, everyone would train every day, but everyone is is treated equally. I'm kind of lucky in the group that there's there's a lot of help there. There's a lot of very experienced people, runners, uh, Andy Kernan, who would be Saint Finbars, who would be fantastic. If you want to know what the route is like in any race anywhere, he'll tell you. He'll tell you the whole tell the stay in. Mm-hmm. Like he's a wealth of knowledge, you know. Yeah. Mike McGrath, who's another very experienced runner, so they kind of add huge things to the group as well, you know. Excellent. Um, everyone everyone helps you, like anyone needs pacing in a race, anyone, like that's the kind of people that it is, you know. Yeah. Where it's like, yeah, they're from all the different clubs, it doesn't really, you know, it doesn't really matter what club we're in. Um, I think it's because there's no politics, I think that makes a big difference. Mm-hmm. One thing I massively encourage within the group, like I run Grinch and mine at the moment, and the good shit the guys do, you know, um, or the guys running Mokwara, Waragasi, Eagle, or whatever club, is that they do the championship races. Like, I'm a big believer in you're in the club, you race the club races, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, Funny that. that it's, I think some runners miss that side of things, you know? Yeah, that was another question I have for you, really, is that your group as well. What I do notice is I know you, you preach kind of not too much high mileage. But you do kind of race regularly as well, you know, where other people probably yeah. spend long stints training. I do kind of sense that your group trains quite reg or races quite regularly as well. Oh, definitely. Like I'd, I'd have other problems trying to stop people racing at times, you know, because they, they they want to race. But runners want to race, you know. You have to. It's like match fitness. Mm-hmm. If you were a good soccer player, say in Cork City, you're playing. You know, no, no. Some of these guys are some of these guys are professional, but even like you're playing matches every week. Mm-hmm. So racing is the same. Though it's different if you're on a marathon trainer block. You have to be, and you have to be really, really disciplined. You know, and I have to be kind of telling guys, no, we're not going to race this week. No one thinks, but you do need to race. That's why we run. Yeah. Like, yeah. like none of our guys ever would run. Oh, maybe Aiden has a bit like Aiden who's, you know, he's younger. He's only he's 27, so he's 20 years old. And he might run 60 miles a week, but the rest of them will run. No one runs over fifty miles. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. I never did myself. It's. Yeah. It's. I just think if you can keep your runs a bit faster, 
if you can do one very, very good hard session in the week and you're regular and running like that, you run six days a week, I think you can achieve a lot of 50 miles, you know? Yeah, yeah, um, exactly, yeah. Look, there's different like techniques, Linda obviously, with, but... Uh, like Linda with a line, 257. Well, in her 50s off, I think she ever ran what, 45 miles a week, you know? Yeah, that's incredible, um, actually, yeah. Mm-hmm. No, there would be, there, they, the runs, I think they, they sometimes, there's a, you can, you have to be very careful because there's a higher risk of injuries when you're running a little bit faster, so you have to kind of watch that a lot, you know? Yeah. Um, Andy Gooling would have ran, as he keep telling us, not 2.40, but 2.39, 59, he <laughs> in the Cork Marathon, and he's never ran over 50 miles a week, you know? Yeah, incredible, so, yeah, yeah. That's potential, I just think you just need to, you just need to hit... I, I always feel there's, the stone runners are different, but if you're trying to manage a family, trying to walk, that's still a lot of ways to hit in, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. No, look, there's different techniques for it, but like, as, as you've demonstrated there, and your runners have demonstrated, it's certainly working for them anyway, so it's just another way of doing it, but it seems to be working for sure, yeah. Yeah, so I, I, I'm just a big believer that quality is better than quantity, you know? Yeah, absolutely, yeah. Um, just another question that came into us then as well. American training, which is a little bit careful because you can't obviously race it at American training, you know? Yeah, absolutely, yeah. No, just funny, again, you brought up marathon there. So I did get a few questions in about marathon training. And, um, of course, a lot of people that are listening in here are looking at October marathons as well. We have a good few people have contacted us. Obviously, they're doing Dublin, but Amsterdam is another one that looks to be on the horizon for a lot of people. Um, but the question that came into us... Um, if you could give advice to first-time marathon runners, what would be the main points you'd give them? Um, they said three, but I mean, if you give three or four or two, yeah. it doesn't matter. But mm-hmm. So like, when I speak to people, I, I do meet a lot of people who want to run a marathon. I said, take your time, get racing first. You know, yeah. to run a 5 a 10-mile race or something. So I like to build people up where they get a 10-mile race, where they get a half marathon. I think that's vitally important rather than going straight into a marathon, you know? Mm-hmm. Um. I try to like not try. To, I try to tell people that you won't be tired. It's a massive commitment to run a marathon, you know. And mm-hmm. um, so that's usually a conversation I have first. From then, I think the main thing is that you you build them up slowly, but also you have to really work a lot on the nutrition, the fueling side of it for the day. You know, mm-hmm. you really have to whatever. Like some people take Martin, some people take gels, whatever is. There's no right and wrong, but you have to practice it. You know. Yeah. And you have to practice it religiously and you have to get in. You know, I like to try and get people to do a good speed session. You know, so I think speed session is important. Your long runs are important. And I think you, you know, for anyone who's looking to run the time, like even if it's a first marathon, you have to have marathon pace runs, you know. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think that's one of the big advice to people. Some of the runs have to be a marathon pace, you know. Yeah. You know, obviously, more experienced marathons do that, you know, but even first-time marathons, marathon runners, it is, you know, um, mm-hmm. like make sure you let yourself know what you're going in for. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, and look, again, the question was asked to me as well, and like I think you summed it up there well, but uh, my main points, I think, on the day is certainly would be start slow, you know, the first couple of miles, you know, save as much as you can. You know, you, more marathons are lost in the first two to three miles than, yeah. you know, achieved or whatever the, the time is. But uh, I don't want to stick to the plan, I think, you know, Again, when I race marathons, I run down, I write my splits on my hand uh, on a band just to make sure that even if I'm at five mile, 10 mile, 15 mile, wherever I am, you know, that I'm not 
two minutes ahead of where I should be then I'm going to pay for that later on in the race that it's you know I'm down to seconds really I suppose um, so stick to the plan is what I'm saying there it's um, it's just like that's the yeah. big thing about or, or like brilliant runners go wrong that discipline for a marathon is massive mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. take off so actually which is I know I remember we know for racing in the war story in <laughs> the UK and it was um, it was a series it was actually over looking at not, not County County first and the Nelson game and then um, there was a festival running called the Robin Hood Festival running in Nottingham but actually what it was um, I think it was Nike or someone actually I haven't seen them since you go up and you tell them what time you want to run and they give you a, a tag that goes around your hand it's also we go into a concert and things you know right. you stick on your hand and there's all your what, your, what you should be exactly at each mile yeah. it's funny that i never seen this here since you know yeah, I, I think it's like the racing bands, yeah. isn't it? It's like a racing band, like, but yeah. you, everyone got them. Like, so you tell me if you're going to run 250 or whatever, oh, right. you have okay. your yellow band, and then, you know, printed onto it is like, you know, you need to be 650 the first mile, and to be 30, 30, 14 minutes, or whatever it was, you know? Yeah, yeah. So each place rather than write them down. That's the, that's the only place I've ever seen that, actually. I saw them in Dublin, actually, oh. would you believe? I actually did see them in yeah. Dublin. Yeah, I saw them handing them out in Dublin, a kind of a race band, a paper band that just clipped around your hand, yeah. yeah. Yeah, but like, it's a good idea. Yeah, yeah, I, I do. I think that's critical because let's just say you have a fast mile in mile five for whatever reason, you know, like, as I said, you're you're, you're going along great. You think you're feeling fine, but then all of a sudden, bang, mile fifteen, sixteen, it's a different story, and you've you've realised then you've gone a minute or two too fast, you know, um, too late, too late then, you know. Mile twenty, yeah, exactly, yeah, exactly. Um, brilliant. Just again, we touched on it earlier on, but again, it was a direct question in this week um, to ask you about strength and conditioning. And I know you've touched on it already, but you know the importance of strength and conditioning in training. But you, you, Jake, especially with any kind of injuries and things, it's critical. Now, timing of it can be tough enough, you know. Um, one thing, like I think sometimes people get it wrong because they replace some running. No, and I said that's right on, but they replace some of their runs with um, strength and conditioning where I try to tell people, you know, you need to kind of do the strength and conditioning on top of running, but you just got to get the timing of right, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I like more kind of a seasonal approach where when you're not racing, you know, you can do a good bit of strength and conditioning, five or six exercises, a deadlift, um, obviously coach properly, mm-hmm. um, a single deadlift, a push up, a chin up, um, a walk out, some shoulder bridge. But just keep things simple, yeah. you know. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Like if you go down to even if I do stuff, I go down to Robbie and Fitness Box. It's all oh, this simpler the better. It doesn't need to be really, really complicated, you know. Yeah. Um, obviously, like the worst thing you do is put someone into a machine. So to a gym, you see people on a hamstring curl or a leg press machine where it's not functional for what you want to do. You know, you're a runner. It needs to be standing or you know on the ground some way like that you know? so it needs to be very very functional core strength is, is as important you know i teach pilates so like in a big africa that pilates is very very beneficial to runners you know mm-hmm. now mm-hmm. you just need to include like five or six exercises makes a massive difference like so i try to get people to do stuff at home themselves yeah and would you, you even know? say let's just say for someone because I think this is where this question came from, from someone who hasn't possibly done strength and conditioning and is aiming, let's just say, for the Dublin Marathon. Yeah. You know, it's still time to do those four or five exercises. There is, like, yeah. So, like, it's, 
like obviously if it, if you're training for Dublin March, no, you know, and you've no injuries, there's probably something like you wouldn't send someone to the gym, no, having deadlifting huge amount of weight or mm-hmm. changing what they're doing, you know, because it's it's close enough, it's, it's too close away, you know. Mm-hmm. But definitely like home based exercise, you do a kettlebell at home, yeah. even deadlifts, lunges, walkouts, you know, yeah. just simple things, shoulder bridges, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, there's a place. There's certainly a place for it. Yeah, yeah, there's a place for in your in your week's training. So I say, oh, even, yeah. it's, it's probably it is very important. You know. Yeah, I know you mentioned Vivian um, Foley there earlier, and I think uh, Damien had said to me that Vivian is a great uh, example that you know he takes that side of his training very seriously as well. You know. Oh, massively. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's like I would spend. Be honest, now, like if I run fifty miles a week, I am making this is all I know. I am spending at least another six or seven hours outside of any work stuff, you know, doing rolling myself or doing, you know, mobility work or massaging or whatever, you know, mm-hmm. um, it's key, you know, yeah. I find, I just, with things I find myself, I find, um, and even in the group we do a lot now, like I find a big long cool down massively beneficial. Mm-hmm. It's one thing I think, you know, for recovery. Like if I do a race, you know, they can be a bit funny if I'm not there, like, but the lads are doing at least three miles after a race, you know? Yeah, yeah. And I think after a lot of people, yeah, a lot of people do, quite, you know? yeah, a lot of people so, do cut that short, I think, don't they? They, they rush away quickly, you know? You see, mm-hmm. yeah, but after COVID, when we went to races, there was no, see, the social side thing wasn't there. After COVID, we did a race, there was nothing, yeah. you know? So like, if people went out to win, it was because they, they had a fantastic race, they had fantastic cakes. It was a massive social event after, you know. Mm-hmm. So when that went to races, I think there was an opportunity, I think, that I kind of had a lot of our lads doing good cooldowns. Mm-hmm. I find it just flushes everything out. Yeah. It makes a, I find it makes them, it's like as if we're doing the recovery run after the race. Yeah, yeah. And I suppose the quicker... I find that a massive quick, help, you know. Yeah, the quicker you can aid the recovery, the better all around, really, isn't it? Yeah. Huge. Mm-hmm. You know, I use the pool, I like, um, um, even if my small phone, you know, play soccer, you know, we're in the pool the next day, he's recovering, you know? Right, right, good, yeah. Again, it's another massive, like, you know, it's, it's practically hard to get to the pool, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, for some people, like, but I think that it does make a huge difference, you know? Mm-hmm. Excellent. Listen, Karen, a couple of more questions there before we wrap up. Yeah, anyway, perfect. Um, I suppose right. just the, the, the quick, quick fire ones. Uh, your favourite distance? Oh, without a doubt, when I was young, it was 800, 1500 metres. That's what mm-hmm. I liked. Uh, I liked the speed. I liked the 1500 metre race where you could, because I came from a big hurling background, you know. Yeah. I liked that you could nudge a fella or bump a fella, you know. Yeah. I liked the hostel and bust of that. Um, when my kind of tracker finished, it definitely would be 5k, like I would. Mm-hmm. Without that would be my favourite distance. Yeah, your favourite race? Definitely. Oh, yeah, I have to say Wien, isn't it? You've said it enough tonight, no, but uh, yeah, you can, you can pick so it. We, you yeah, can no, pick, you can pick a, it if you want. The massive part of the year will be Wien. I wouldn't have, like, suppose a favourite race, but it'd be a combination. Wien would be a massive um, time the air assign. Nice fast first mile. I love that, you know. <laughs> um, would definitely one of my favourite races. I think the Rahini 5, you know, I liked that race. I know it was the 5 point. Three miles after we went up, you know. Right. Um, I like that race. Um, they will be kind of the two ones. I love racing at Christmas. I love 
I just think Christmas is a huge time. I don't drink, so I think it just it's it's a great thing at Christmas to race. I always tell the lads like that we make gains when others rest. So I always try to encourage that athlete. So Poker will be one of my favourite races, and yeah. Clamel, the Clamel Four Miles on Stevens morning. Right. Mm-hmm. Oh, that fantastic um, race where I think it's a very very fast race. I think Sean Tobin. It's the first time in my 35 years running that I've seen a guy run under 18 minutes. So he ran before COVID, seven, like, imagine four miles when he ran 17, 15, one. Yeah, yeah, great runner, of course. Four miles there, so yeah, yeah. and next, that's an excellent race. So they'd be my, they were even my favourite races, you know? Yeah, brilliant. Um, Your number one advice to runners, no matter what distance or... Yeah, my, my number one advice to runners is don't overthink things. Yeah. It's switch the head off because I have seen it so much over the years of head losers. It's you don't lose the race um or have a bad performance. It's your head. You need to learn to you know, we all go through it where sometimes in the race there's a split decision where you can drop pace or pick up pace or walk through it, you know. I think don't overtake things. That's the big thing I would have. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't massively over, like even as a coach, over analyzing performances and things. You know, mm-hmm. um, I think for runners is to have hobbies outside of running, obviously as well. But I think it's not to really to overthink everything. Don't plan everything to a T. You know, yeah. I love some days just going out running. It could be six minute pace. It could be seven minute pace. It could be seven fifty. Um, you know, I know a marathon is different, but I think if you're racing to shorter distance, you, you get away with that, you know. Mm-hmm. So, um, I think we run from mental health as much as anything else. So, it's to, some days you you just need to run. It doesn't matter the time, you know, um, the distance. So, I think that we did two things where we just really don't overthink everything, you know. I think that's the big thing I try to encourage people, you know. Yeah. Two more questions for you. Second yeah, last one. Right. Your targets and goals for the rest of the year. Um. So for the rest of the year, um, I'm not a kind of person to sit down and write out the goals. I just went <laughs> to race. <laughs> so, yeah. But I know that like that we have it, but we should have teams in Grinch Mile for the the national half, which is in Mead on the 10th of September. I should think another race. It's the national championship in it, so we have two masters teams. So that would be the kind of I like to do a half then, mm-hmm. um, 10 of September, and then after that, I, um, we seem to have got a new cross country coach there in the last few weeks. And Grinch Mile, Liam O'Connor, you know, well, he's yeah. a really good athlete. Yeah, so no, Liam, yeah. He's he's trying to get us a lot to run cross country because he doesn't want to run the double marathon, you know. So <laughs> <laughs> kind of wind them up about it. So um, I might do one two cross country races. Definitely, like I'll aim then to be Christmas time. Like they'll be the big races I'll be aiming for Christmas. Mm-hmm. After that, the Rahini five miler, hundred yeah. percent, and then we'd have the John Trace. No, we have the John Tracy ten miler. John Tracy in February, isn't it? Yeah. In February, like in yeah. it. Yeah, I think it's February, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. It's I think all... everyone will aim for. It kicks off the air again. I think that one doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah, or even like mm-hmm. I, you know, the half marathon, the Warford one will be on in. 
I don't need symbol, isn't it? Yeah, there's been December. a few questions about that one. Is it going ahead or not? I yeah, don't know. yeah, yeah so I'm not sure, but yeah. that was always a very good race. As well, it was, you know? yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I know there's a, yeah. I think, is it West Waterford? They have a one in the Greenway coming up in next week. You do, you do. Yeah, yeah. 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 yeah, exactly. So, yeah, yeah that's, would be the, the, main, the main thing is like maybe cross country, you know, it's just, I think, cross country is young men's game, you know, because yeah. there might be one or two races as well. Geez, I did cross country yeah. once and I found it hard. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, like I, 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 geez, I ran a lot of cross country in school and actually finished in the top 10 in the inter counties. We, I won a couple of a good lot of cross country uh, individually and team medals, but you know, like good, good years with Lee really, you know. Mm-hmm. But I can remember the inter clubs was 10 miles, no, sorry, inter clubs was 10k, which I was competitive. Like looking back, making the top 10 was probably a huge achievement, but I didn't think at the time, you know. Yeah. And, the inter no, the inter club sensors. Inter counties was like Cork, Dublin. You know, I won a good few medals of that. But then there was the inter clubs, which was five k, which seven and a half miles cross country, mm-hmm. which is horrendous. And <laughs> like I know someone like Donald Coakley would think it's the best race ever. But I remember doing it three or four times with Leavell. No, we obviously it's all the top runners there, and I did fairly okay. But like, it's horrendous. The cross country was one of my most expensive races I went away and bought a pair of spikes and a Saturday to run the cross country because the lads again wanted to get a team in so I ran it and uh, yeah I've never worn the spikes since I think it, le- it left well, there's loads of people yeah. there's loads of people uh, I can remember during the done event like, he ran a fantastic race on, on Sunday you know? he did yeah, um, Saturday, yeah, yeah Saturday, but yeah. best over five athletes in the country by far you know mm-hmm. and um, I can remember him just Covid times there was nothing on but the last race might have been the county novice cross country, you know. Um, I think we were our best. I think we went to the team in this. And Jeremy ran his one only cross country race because he dropped up going up the hill. He said, Never ever again, you know. Yeah. But again, it's totally different. It's, di- it's different. You need to be, you know. I liked it when I was younger, when I was late. Yeah. The race was fast and the course was nice. There's a lot of running in it, but some courses are horrendous. So yeah, my my one only like, my one and only experience is Riverstick. No, and I it's just some fun, yeah, no, fun, tough funny stories that like halfway around I was like, what am I doing here? Because I wasn't fit at the time either. I was kind of hadn't trained too much, so it was definitely an eye opener that day. But I just remember the music that was playing over the Tannoy as well uh, was something out of like oh. I remember she'd be coming around the mountain was playing, you know, and I was like, oh, Jesus. get me out that of here, is, you know? That is, yeah. that's, that's, that is a tough, like, it's a great facility to have for the car county, but it's a, it's, it's a tough, tough course, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. Like, when I ran my lacrosse country, even in America, it was on soccer pitches, or golf courses. Mm-hmm. It's, it's not, like, that cross country is muck and dirt up in yeah. the hill, you know? Different sport, yeah. Um, like, even when we won, when I was at school, we won the national schools, I think, which was good at the time, you know. Um, our national juniors, I did well a few years, but they were on fast, flat courses. Like, I won a good lot of cross country races down in in Waterford in the school there. See, I think it was Saint, I can't remember the school in, in Dungarvan. They do a lot of cross country races there, you know. Yeah. Um, that would be a grand fast course. It's different then, you know. So I think you just experienced a very, and the same for Germany, just a very, very tough race, you know. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, never again anyway. But I did say that after my first uh, marathon, never again as well. So we won't say, I suppose, yeah, we'll see, we'll see. Uh, just one last one for you. And again, look, we've yeah. been blessed to have 
some great guests on the show and Aoife was on and we'll say we, had, we were chatting to Paul Maloney briefly and we Pat Walsh and all doing a bit of coaching of course and uh, yourself as well so you know you, you mentioned earlier you have a, a group nice group got together there are 60 people yeah. if people are looking to get in contact with Kieran McKeown in terms of coaching like I would be very much an advocate of a coach um, and what they can help you with and the accountability of a coach as well is huge for me um, so I, I would encourage people especially if they want to develop in running um, even to any level really to just to look out for a coach um, and especially if they're not involved with a club but um, how can people talk to I suppose or get in contact if they needed to oh, yeah, and, so yeah. I, I'm a big believer in coach and we are lucky in Cork like that Paul is an excellent run excellent coach Aoife's fantastic Aoife uh, you know I've done some we've done some running camps and things over the years together another mm-hmm. excellent brilliant coach huge experience you know mm-hmm. um, for me a coach is, is not something online it's not something you give a program to it's support, it's encouragement, it's that you pick someone up after a bad day or, you know, they have to go to the training as well. But I think the main thing is for coaching is you someone who supports you and puts you into, you know, who knows when you're in good shape, who knows when you rest, you know, who takes the thought out of what do I do today and stuff, you know. Yeah. So like for me, it's just, you just contact me on social media, mm-hmm. you know, anywhere like that. And again, like even going back like to, some of the clubs like, like we probably were very lucky in Cork like that even with like Donny Walsh is like Donny's helped me even coaching wise massively over the years you know um, the way the knowledge he'd have would be second to none you know yeah. and Donny would you know Donny would help anyone yeah. you know doesn't matter if you, if you coach or not you know he's he's brilliant that way that like you know I'd, I'd, if I need to know something I'd, I'd you know you can ask Tony that, so he's, he's excellent that way, you know. Yeah, brilliant. Um, so again, I think with just be, I think just from coaching wise, it's it's a relationship, mm-hmm. and it needs it, it, you know you need trust and to build it, you know. Mm-hmm. I just I, I think that's a lover of online programs, you know, where here's a program going to. I think you just need a little bit, of, even sometimes only small bit of support, but I think support is huge. Yeah. And you know, yourself, Brian, like you have. Look how much Gary Walsh has come on, how much like even Tigers come on massively this year. Yeah. Because you have a good group of Queen to support each other. You know, he, he trained together. Mm-hmm. Um, like Damien, you know, Ken, they have their group where they train together as well. Like, you know? Yeah. It makes a difference. There's no doubt about it. Yeah. Oh. Mm-hmm. But like the, the sessions need to be competitive. Like, like, like if we're doing a session in Leyland of, you know, three minutes on or wherever we're doing this stuff the session is competitive you will have to like you will know Brian that if you go training with your, your guys are doing the session with if you're off like you're going to get your ass handed to you like they're not going to wait around for you you know yeah absolutely and yeah. that's what's important like you know like, there's some fa- fantastic clubs in Cork as well that have like even I believe uh, like one is always encouraging anyone to join the sessions like you know that it, it's it's actually it's brilliant, like, you know, you have John Collins, who's, who's actually my coach for years and years, um, and Lee Will, who'll be kind of Donny's assistant, who we, we'd all call Harry Wilson, during the war, you know, mm-hmm. another very good athlete was, even when John was coaching me, well in the Swarkies, he was running sub-15, you know, which a lot of runners aren't running that age now, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I think it's, if you, if you have a coach or if you're in a club, you just need to use it and be part of it and, Mm-hmm. You no, know, just go somewhere when you get good support. Yeah, 
Brilliant. You know, great advice. And listen, Karen, thanks a million for joining us. It's uh, great, Excellent, great sharing of knowledge there and, and great to know, know your background as well. Look, as I said, it's a small community, but it's a great community as well. And I think, you know, even myself, I've learned things there as well and learned things about you. That I've known you for a few years now as well. So I picked up a few things there and learned a bit more about you. So um, great, great. Really appreciate you joining the show and uh, best of luck with your own running. And again, best of luck with your coaching as well, obviously. Excellent, Brian. And Brian, just like on even on behalf of all our group players, are like you know the race. You know you do an excellent work in green. You can see, you know, with all the lads out there, what kind of you built out there as well, like you know. So it's you're right. Like we're all kind of everyone knows each other. We're all even though, and the day we can be enemies racing, we're all actually very good friends. And you know we're very lucky that we have like everyone. So like even in races, people support each other. Ish, but you know. Yeah, yeah. No, I get you. It's great and stuff. So thanks for the opportunity, Brian, and yeah. uh, thanks for all. Like you've been very supportive, even with your race over here. Been always very good to all of us as well. So yeah. thanks, William, Brian. Well, look, you've been good to support that as well. But uh, you've yeah. praised a few times tonight now and praised me. So I, I'll give you the brown envelope there after the show, all right? Good, good. <laughs> <Yeah>. Brilliant. <laughs> look, extra cake, extra cake, yeah. Brian. That's it. We'll give you one extra eclair or something like that. <laughs> and, uh, and the best of luck now from Dublin as well. We, we, I'll be up there as well. So there's a lot of guys running. So yeah. I know you, you will have a lot of work put in. So. Look at your rewards on the day, you know. The next so few next few weeks, I think. Watching off your brain, you know. Yeah, the next few weeks for me and everybody aiming for that, I think, will be our key weeks now. So hopefully, it'll all go to plan and injury free. Yeah, I think is the main thing, really. Yeah, not just said. And just be confident. That's the main mm-hmm. thing as well, you know. Yeah, Brennan, Karen, looking again. Thanks a million. We'll catch you on the road again soon, please God. Excellent. No problem. Thanks for the time, Brian. Talk to you soon. Bye bye. Bye bye.